Welcome to Performance Anxiety. This week we speak with Elizabeth LaFay, also known as Globe Lamp. We talk about growing up in LA in a really rock and roll household, not knowing who her father is. We talk about her new album, Romantic Cancer, and it's actually a lot funnier than all of this sounds. We discuss her influences and moving from LA to Olympia to intern at K Records. Give her a follow at Globe Lamp on social media and give us a follow at Performance ANX on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our shop on Threadless at performanceanx.threadless.com. And don't forget to rate and review our shows. It really helps us a lot. Uh, doesn't matter where you listen to, don't forget to rate and review. Thanks a lot and enjoy this episode with Elizabeth LaFay or Globe Lamp. Hello, this is Elizabeth Lachey. Hold on, is that good though? Do I just say like, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what most okay. people do. Okay. Hey, this is Elizabeth Lachey from Globe Lamp, and you're listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of uh, moving my stuff around here as I'm getting everything set up here. I moved all my equipment into a new room, and so I don't have it quite set up exactly how I want it, so I'm just... As I'm doing each show, I'm just trying to move things around to help wherever I want it, and I'm still not exactly happy with the way I've got it set up. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have YouTube um, live. I go live on there sometimes, but I don't have an Android. I mean, I have an Android. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't have FaceTime on it. And right. I didn't. I don't have Android. I don't have much room on my phone. Yeah, I have to I have that Pokemon on there, and it takes us a lot of room. <laughs> Man, so is, is that uh, that's that still going? I I know my kids play that, and I, my, what, I know it's like remember it was like crazy at one point. Uh, here's, you want to hear a funny story? I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, and then I'll, we'll, we'll get a little more into this. Um, I used, I do a couple of podcasts, and one of them is a sports show, and it used to be I live in in Virginia, just outside of DC. And one of them used to be a Washington, D.C. sports-centric radio show. And uh, one of my co-hosts used to play for the Redskins. So he was a, a linebacker. So he's this big, like, six-foot-three, 250-pound dude. And before every show, he's walking around uh, my buddy's place where we used to record, trying to find all these Pokemon. I'm sitting there watching this enormous dude with his little tiny phone in his hand running around (laughs) trying to find these little creatures. Seriously, it makes you do that. It makes you like walk. At least it makes me walk more places. You know, maybe walk more exercise. I definitely wouldn't have been walking up and down my street randomly. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't for looking for filthy muscle, I found. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, you know, if it, if it gets people more active, I guess it's good. This is, as long as you get your yeah, head. Yeah, it's like, it sounds ridiculous, but it's like, yeah, I mean, if you play it all the time, it's, you know, I wish they made it like a Game Boy or something, like where it wasn't on your phone. Oh, that, you know, if they could do it with like the VR stuff where you, you, you can actually see where you're going as you're trying to collect these things, might be a good idea. Yeah, get- well, also people are idiots. It just, it's like, <laughs> you know, people can't. You could get hurt playing any game, you know? Oh, yeah. Thank you for coming on tonight. I really do appreciate it. And uh, you are you are Globe Lamp. Am I correct yeah. with with that? 
Yeah. All right. So how did you come up with, with the name? I, I read that you, you were very uh, influenced by Francesca Leah Block, and it, it has, has something to do with her? Yeah, it does. Um, she has a book, and I have one called Lucy Bat. And, and it was the second book. It's like a series. It ended up being a series, the second book, um, which maybe it is a chapter that are called Globe Lamp. Okay. And I always thought, I was a teenager too when I read these books, but you know, this witch baby. It's like this book's like a modern book fairy tale in a way. I like these punk okay. people. It's very uh yeah, new aging. I just like the idea of it like something glowing from the inside out. And the girl in the book was kinda of depressed and she her glow lamp was like she used to look at it and imagine that she was in, inside looking at the world from the inside out it was like glowing or something and I just thought that was a cool name together and like I thought it was, a, I always liked the idea of the earth kind of glowing and the law and then the birds just the technology and earth. I mean, I don't, that's not why I particularly love, but there's a whole a lot of reasons why the name stuck with me. And then I was trying to encapsulate like a, a vibe of her book. That was just one of the words that popped out of one of the chapter names. So, okay. And that you- was when I was really young too. That we did my email address. Like that wasn't my um, band or anything. I just, like that name. Ah. I used to make, I used to have a live journal too, and I used to make a bunch of live journals. When I made up a cool username, I would just make one so I could have the name. Right. It's kind of weird. But it's like... <laughs> <laughs> hey. but it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're one of the rare people who actually claim to be an LA native. So you were actually born in LA. And if I'm. Born Shani. Okay. Okay. And and if I'm if I am correct in this, your mom was, and the way I read it was, she said they said that she was a rocker chick who appeared as an extra yeah. in Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle video. Yeah, it wasn't. Yes, she wasn't. It wasn't actually like an extra. It was like she said it was a live show, like a taping. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so it was like a show. So she was like in the audience. It's like it, it was. She's so funny. It was like she. She said to me, like, she said she was, she said she'd go back to the time. She was like, this is boring, and they ended up leaving. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> they kept refilming it over and over again. Yeah, she definitely was a rock, she definitely was a rock chick, and she, like, told me some crazy stories that, that Flash told her that she was the most wild, so, crazy girl we've ever met, so. That's wild. That was pretty intense, you know, <laughs> All right, so so, what kind of effect did that have on your musical influences growing up? I don't, I don't know, a lot kind of, but like because I don't know, you know, I mean, it's like my music doesn't sound like that, but it's like I wonder who I would be without it. It's weird um, because my peers growing up, I wasn't really popular or anything. Like I know, like every Motley Crue song, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good one to know. Those are, that's a good band to know. And like, yeah. And like, I've been to like, uh, just like all the, I mean, my mom too, like growing up playing a rock with us, LT meeting, like she wasn't even sure who my dad was. Okay. Okay. And had two boyfriends at the time. One of them was Ricky Rackman. Oh my gosh. Who on head bears ball. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. So have you have you, so, have you thought about uh, doing like a twenty three and Me and and finding it out? <laughs> I want to. Yeah, I want to. But I think it's the other guy. But it's hard to find information on him because he is Puerto Rican and he changed his name a lot and he's more mysterious. Like I, he died. If it's the other guy, he died. Like I had. Uh, on the back, all I have about him, it's kind of weird, mysterious rock and roll story. It's like all I have is this book. It's like he, it's called Rock and Roll Mazes. And it's like all these labyrinths with different rock bands. And it's, uh, and then it has like in the back, it has like a thing to my mom. It says, Lynn, my mom's name is Lynn. Lynn, forever my love. And it has like a picture of him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he looks all serious and stuff. And then in the inside, it has like a bio, biography about him. And it, he thanks people, different people. He thanks his weird Corey Feldman. It's like, a lot of random, like, uh, Charlie Sheen. Like, there's, like, a oh lot of weird people, I think. Gosh. Yeah, and then this one guy, Dan Pavanmere, okay? So I got in contact with him about, like, 15 years ago. Seriously. And then I found out he's, like, the guy who made, like, Hey Arnold and Ren and Stimpy and a bunch of, like, cartoons. Oh, he helped my wow. dad. Or the guy makes the cart. He helped, I don't know, my potential dad make the. He also made a Phileas and Ferb and stuff. Oh man! He's the creator of that, Jeez. okay, like Dan Pavanmere. Yeah, so I talked to him a long time ago, and then he told me the last he heard of my dad is he went to Puerto Rico, and then I found him on Facebook like three years ago, Dan, and I was like, hey, I emailed you as a teenager, remember me? Because I sent him a picture of me, and he told me I looked exactly like him. Oh, and wow. then yeah, so then when I talked to him, he like has a he had his entertainment team look and do a background check on them, so we found out like that he died in the nineties, but. This is the guy I'm not sure he's my dad, but the guy Dan Palmer thinks I look exactly like him. Wow. Rock, he made Rock as Modern Life and worked on it because he's a director on Family Guy. He helps make Phineas and Ferb. He's like, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. Hey so, Arnold was a director, cat dog, storyboard artist, Family Guy. Oh my gosh, uh, my wife loves cat dog. Bobs. Okay, like, and so this guy was a guy who helped my dad with the book, like the dude that I think's my dad. But that's even more weird to me because it's like, He's just like this random, like the people he lists as first thanks are like a lot of weird rock and roll people, like people's wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then the dude who made like, cat dog. Like, yeah, like no, it's not him. Yeah, he was said special thanks to Dan Pobinbeard. That's why I contacted him. I said, this book, it's a special thanks to you. Like, who are you? Oh my gosh, that's insane. I know, it's not weird. So, so you've got, you've got the possibility of either either a, a, a puerto rican artist who knows a whole bunch of people or ricky rackman i know it's weird it's like that's and my mom growing up to like my i was raised by in like pretty rock and roll and L, i didn't like i was born in orange county but for like my younger years i did live in la and it's one of my mom's boyfriends he's still like my he's like my i don't even know what to call my uncle like he's like a family friend of mine still he's like I've known it since I was a little girl. Okay. And he's like the rocker too. He took, we went and saw Guns N' Roses like two years ago. I had nev- never seen them. You know, I'd grown up listening to them my whole life. <laughs> yeah, and it all comes full circle. Yeah. And Michael took me to fucking see him. Yeah, Michael, he's like a rocker. He's totally, he went on tour with the Rolling Stones and Stevie Nicks and shit. He's like built oh, stages wow. for bands. He's like a total rock tattooed, like road motorcycles. <laughs> really sweet. <laughs> like, he just goes, oh, he's sad. Like, he used to tell me stories like when Axel had like Michael, Michael to me is like a rock and roll legend. He's from Detroit, but he lives in LA. It's like, if he 
But we talk GNR, like we got to go in the pit and go backstage and stuff because of Michael. Like, knows them. Yeah, and so wow. Michael, he also when they were when Shannon from Blind Melon flew out. Oh my gosh. Vocals. That's awesome. Yeah, like he didn't have anywhere to stay. So oh, Michael geez. was telling me how Axel just was like, Yeah, you're gonna come out and do the vocals and the record label played for but they didn't think about where he was gonna stay. And so he was just there and so he stayed with Michael for like the first fucking four months living in LA. Oh he was, wow. He really yeah, it's like he like and so that made me always like blind no marching because Michael was like he's like I'm playing really tough guy and stuff, but he, like he was once he told me about that, he said prime once because he was just like he's like I knew he was like gonna do something great like he just knew him like he had and his sister made the costumes for Van Halen and Motley Crue and stuff and his sister wow went to LA first yeah they're both from Detroit his sister oh went to LA first he followed in her footsteps and like she was like he said he went to the living room one day and there was like Ozzy Osbourne and like all these people like oh, I, mean, I wasn't there for this but that's like the shit that was Michael was still pretty rock and roll, even though like he oh. makes black and widow jewelry, black widow jewelry. Oh wow! Literally, just like so. Uh, so he lives it. He literally he lives it. Yes, he does. He lives it. Oh my! I just God. talked to him the other day. Like he, he's someone who it's crazy too because it's not the most normal dynamics in the family because it's like my mom's ex-boyfriend yeah. she doesn't talk to him I mean she still loves him and cares about him as a person right um, but you talk you to know, him but, more yeah definitely yeah. yeah because he was more like a father figure to me or something you like you know me, her and him would fight and stuff me and him as more of like a pure relationship yeah but in it's this- cool he supports my music you know like when he heard me this meant a lot to me like one time he heard me playing live and he cried and told me he might have loved Shannon Oh okay. wow! Yeah, it meant a lot to me because of knowing how much you loved him. So I was like, "Wow, that's really special to me." That's what made me like. I mean, I was never really like out of that band until I realized Michael had like a soft spot for them because Michael's such a hard. Uh, it was like, oh. like it's sweet seeing somebody who's. It's also crazy to me as I got older. I have more respect too that for that stuff because I didn't really like. I tried to rebel against it. I was like really into emo when I was younger. Oh, you know, okay. I finally found my own genre. I was like, wow, it's just like rock, but it's not like anything my mom likes. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Man. So you, so you, okay, so you grew up in this rock and roll household with the connections that, that everybody had, including Blind Melon, who I, I'm a huge melon head. I love, I love Blind Melon. I got a chance to see him a few times. Met him once. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got to see him in, uh, Really early '90s at Stone Pony in New Jersey. It's uh, this now. This is a cool story. Um, I went down with a friend of mine, and we went to the sh- we went to the show at Stone Pony, and we got up to the the uh, ticket count, the ticket booth, the, the window there, and they said, "Oh, show's sold out." Oh my god! I drove like two hours to get there. Oh my god! I hate yeah. So we we turn around. Me and my friend Sheila, and we start walking back, and, and this lady comes up. She's walking, and I'm, I'm like, ah, "Don't bother, show's sold out." She goes, "Oh, you guys, you, you guys want to?" Oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm forgetting one part. They did say that uh, they, because the show had sold out, they were adding another show for like the next day or the day after or something like that. So, so we, I bought tickets for that. So I said, "Oh," so I told this lady, cool. "Yeah," I said, "The show's sold out, but." You might be able to get some tickets for the the show that they added. She goes, "Oh gosh, you guys want to see the show?" Huh? I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, I drove like two hours to get here. She's like, all right, well, hey, follow me. So she walked up the front door, goes to security, flashes some kind of badge and said, these two are with me, lets us in. And then I turn to my friend, she, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe we got in here. And I, as soon as I turn around, she was gone. I don't know where the hell she was. So we just sat there and hung out and and watched That's the show. So, cool. so the next, so so we left. The next show was a couple of days from now. I brought a different buddy of mine, uh, and we were hanging out. Saw the show again and, and sat down and at the bar and uh, started talking to a couple people. And it turns out they were friends with the band. It wasn't the same people from the night, from the other night, but it was somebody else. And like, Hey, you got, you want, you guys want to meet the band? Cause we were like the only people at the bar at that point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. So everybody came out and they were talking the, I think the only guy I didn't meet was, uh, Graham, the drummer. So we, we meet everybody. And then the last person to come out who was available was Shannon. And he was so short. I'm, I'm a short guy. I'm like five foot six. And he came out and we were like eye to eye, but he had like hair down to his knees. It was insane. I'm like, I'm like he's like, hey, I'm Shannon. I'm like, yeah, I know. We had, so we, we ended up hanging out for the night with uh, with Blind Melon and playing pinball. That's so awesome. Yeah. Virginia? No, this is in New Jersey. I was living in New Jersey at the time. Oh, New Jersey, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're at the Stone Pony. So, you know. One of the, the so, most historical ven- rock venues in the state, and meeting one of my favorite bands, and and it was it was just a really cool show. So that's uh, so cool. So that's a story you can always share with with Michael. So now back to you. I will. Though. I'm going to tell him that. But let, let's let's get back to you. So you've <laughs> the show isn't about me. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. It's just like yeah, but it's cool that that's. I like that you have a story. It's cool because I feel like they're unappreciated. That's so nice to know that that's great. Oh man, I, I've. I've gotten every. The only thing I don't have by Blind Melon is the release with the new singer. So I, Travis something or other. I can't remember his name, but never got that. Anyway, so you grew up in this rock and roll household, Guns and Roses, Motley Crue. You're listening to emo, but none of your music sounds like any of that. Yeah. What happened? What, I mean, I I mean, I can hear certain. I can hear influences of other people that. Makes sense, but not the emo. I mean, I'm hearing uh, Tori Amos, Fiona Apple. Yeah, I love her too, though. Uh, Kristen Hirsch, and uh, oh, Kristen Hirsch. If you haven't heard it, check out either her solo work or Throwing Muses. It's oh yeah, yeah. It's is it wait is it uh, Tanya in that band? Uh, Tanya Donnelly. Um. I'd have to check. I love, yeah, Belly. I like them. Be- oh, Belly. Yeah, Belly was fantastic. Tanya Donnelly, Juliana Hatfield. I tweeted at her my thing. But now, I don't. Well, I tried to make, well, you know what? It's weird. Like, there isn't that much email. It's like, yeah, I know. It's very, <laughs> I mean, I like all types of music. That's the thing. I like everything. It's like, so that's, it's just like, if that was the case, then it could sound like all types of shit. Because those are only two things. I also like pop, but I like a lot of this shit that, doesn't sound like me. Um, well, that's good though. But yeah, I think it's good to have diverse tastes, and we're just I appreciate music, and well, I'm really into lyrics, I guess. When I was younger, some of the hardcore and the emo bands I liked, I think I liked because of the lyrics. So you know, I didn't really know what they're saying, but when I read them, I was like, huh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, we'll see that's that. That's why I thought the table, I thought the name "Romantic Cancer" was kind of a tribute to the emo. Okay. Right? 
Okay. So it's kind of like fucking reminds me of like some emo last name, like that I would have had like as my unique like that, some name I would add as my username in eighth grade. It'd be like kiss every scar, romantic cancer, like toys in the well, like out of the ashes. See, that makes a that makes a lot of sense to me now. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense now. And so all the songs are kind of emotional and they're about like love and stuff, which is like, then it's not like a traditional emo, like whining, like, eh, 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 eh. but it's like, I thought it would be kind of by like, whatever, like things, romantic cancer is like kind of an emo. So, okay. title. so it's more of a, I mean, lyrically, it's, it's more <laughs> similar to it than, than musically then. Yes. Yeah. Not musically. Yeah. But the lyrically part. Yeah. So how did you get started playing music? How old were you and what, what were you playing? Um, I started playing really young, like, when I was like four or five at the piano and then played that till I was like 13 and didn't, didn't want to practice and took guitar lessons for a little bit. Okay. Then didn't continue with that. I kind of did, I taught myself later on when I was a teenager, like guitar more by my piano skills. I just kind of like would learn songs and teach myself guitar. Okay. I was always writing. I wanted to be a writer. So it's like I would always be writing poems and, stuff, and I always could play music growing up. And then at a certain point, I just started practicing the guitar more, teaching myself chords by looking online. And then just like, I memorize songs very easily. It's, I've always had a musical memory. So it's like, if I know the lyrics, I know the song. So it's like, once I figured out the formula of like how a song, all the songs are like, go, it was just like something clicked and it was easy to write my own songs. It's weird how, it's weird how it didn't, it's weird how it didn't happen sooner because of how I could play and Thing and right, but I was very shy too. I think so long that uh, maybe I did do it alone, but not like in front of people. So, how did you get over that? I don't know. It's like it was very weird. I don't really know. I just put myself out there. So you, you just decided to get out on stage one, like a open mic yeah, night or something? Like I just did, yes, I went to an open mic night with. Oh yeah. wow. And I played. My friend said he was going to play too, and he did it. The oh. Last minute, he backed out. That always happens. <laughs> that yeah. o- the, the, always, always the dickhead friend who backs out at the last minute, and then you're stuck up there by yourself, going, "Shit, what am I going to do now?" Exactly. I was like, "No!" Like he's like backed out, and I was like determined to do it. I like made us go there, you know. That's... So I did. It's like, yeah, and then. After that, I kind of had more confidence. Everyone around me was always playing music and declaring themselves a band. And so <laughs> it was like, <laughs> everyone was <laughs> We are now like, a band. Like at the time, my boyfriend at the time, I was just playing my guitar. Like he thought it was his, like literally. Like oh, later just... on when we broke up, like he was like, mad I wanted it. And he would always play it. He just assumed it was his guitar. And he was surprised that I had a globe lamp. Like he used to send me messages being mad about it. It's like, being like, we could have written songs together, like yelling at me and stuff. Oh and it's like, uh, it was very weird. It's like, I, cause I was more secretive about it. You know, all the dudes I knew who played music were like, listen to me shred. And we're like, da, da, da. and I like was always more of someone who like spoke music or singing. And 
or shit that have like, you know, like they they would just call it boring or like oh. they would be like, it's too repetitive or too boring or like you just, it's too simple. It's three chords or whatever. Like everyone I like knew was like, just like it needs to be like math rock or like intricate high school. Oh I don't know God. people around were kind of like that. So it's like made me kind of self-conscious because I was like, like cat power stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean- then. I've, I've uh, talked to a few people who cat power is a, is a big influence on a, on a lot of people. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I also hear a little bit of, of maybe, and and I've I've read this about you, and it, it's funny because it, it clicked as soon as I read it that I can hear a little bit of like Judy Sill or Vashti Bunyan, and it's those are actually new discoveries for me thanks to uh, the show Patriot. I found Vashti Bunyan and there's another podcast called the shoe gave shoe gaze collective that plays a lot of shoe gaze music, but the guys, his, his library is huge. And he just posted this article about Judy Sill and all these hap this both happened like a year or so ago. And so I read about her and I thought it was fascinating. And I love her song, the donor. That song's amazing. And as soon as I, I, I had read that, and I believe it's on your band camp page and I, it clicked I'm like, yes, Yes, I can definitely hear that influence. Totally. I the thing is I never really listened to her as much till later. Okay. But I did listen to Bashi Bunyan, meaning like I listened to that when like I've listened to them now, you know, like Gigi Silva, like that wasn't like as much formative stuff for me. Right. Like in high school I listened to jo- Joanna Newsom. Like you know, when I think about because like the Milk Eyed Mender came out when I was like in sophomore year of high school, and I remember feeling like that album was so like weird, and I never heard anything like it. And I thought <laughs> it was from like the sixties, but it uh, wasn't. So it was weird. You know, it was like, oh my god, like what the fuck is this? And then that yeah. album too is so like iconic because I feel like her voice changed after that one. She's like I chose my name, so creepy. It's like that was like the I. <laughs> that one was like that's my favorite album. That's the best. That's so good. It's like. Um, it's so quirky. I feel like people gave her shit for it or something, but that was like, I'd play it for some people and they would either get it or not. But, you know, I think that's probably how I got into Bastion Bunyan is through Joanna Neeson. Okay. And um, that makes sense because a lot of your stuff actually sounds folk, psychedelic, late sixties sound. It, it It's a very, um, I, I want to say it's like almost summer of loves to through 69, I guess it's more like folk meets psychedelic, and and it's it, it's kind of a throwback sound, but your lyrics aren't anything like what what you'd be hearing back then. How could I want? How could I want? How could I want anyone? How could I love? How could I? It's kind of a blend. You know, I'm thinking too about my using my upbringing with the rockable lifestyle. Also, my mom too was really into like the doors. Like, for example, like I grew up, I used to think that Jim Morrison was a monster. I used to call him the monster. I mean, not in that way, but in my head, that's what he looked like because he had a really low voice. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and we were in the car, my mom would like blast music in my head. She was a big, fat monster. And so oh when I saw him, I was like surprised, okay, because 
in my head, he looked like a big blob that was like yelling. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was like very young. To be, to be like, honest, at the end of his life, he kind of was. <laughs> no, but not like that much. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but no, he like a scary, like older, I don't know what I imagine. It was very different. But then I saw my mom also was really into, um, is into like, um, like old movies, you know, that's where her major is in film that you feel like, and she's like really into like a lot of different time periods of music, meaning like if you Kurt Cobain died on my birthday, I told you that when I was like 10 or 11. Oh my I like gosh. didn't really know much about it, stuff like that. Like, and I'm like taking note being like, whoa, so her genre, like her taste in music like all over the place, even though she really loves ladies music too, it's like, I, <laughs> you know, like it's been all over with music. Man, sounds like I can get along with your mom pretty well. <laughs> that's about the time I started getting into music, late '80s, early '90s. That was that was that was my time. That was uh, my high school, college days, and I like better music too. I'm gonna agree with you, but I'm not gonna completely yeah. say it because yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I know it's not only true, but I don't want to piss off anybody that might want to come on the show either. You know. How about the main? was more popular back then. Yes. Yeah, mainstream was, everything was better. The mainstream music. When you think about, me and my, we're allowed to start thinking like, something like, people used to make fun of stuff on the radio for being too like, poppy sounding like the Goo Goo Dolls. It's like, now they sound like hardcore compared to like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff on the radio there's not even rock on the radio anymore. It's yeah. It sounds like. So, it's just, it, it's it, funny. Back in the day, at least it was popular. It was good in the '90s, in the '80s, and some of the stuff too. Seventy, definitely the '60s. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's. I'm I'm waiting for that next cycle to come out because it seems like like music is cyclical. It gets it gets overblown. It, it starts off nice and raw, and then it gets slick and slick and more overproduced, and then all of a sudden it comes crashing down with a Nirvana or you know, you know a band similar to that. And it happens every. What like twenty year, twenty thirty years or so? So I'm, I'm wait, patiently waiting for the next next cycle to start. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe uh, maybe you're gonna be part of that. Maybe you're gonna be the one that that, that ends up breaking it down and and starting it over. You gotta start it over. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a question for you about some of your music and, and the way you go about it. Are your mm-hmm. do you? Re- do a lot of your own recording of a DIY type of recorder, or do you go into a studio and, and work everything out? I've done a studio. It matters, like on like the last two albums, studio. Okay, because and, and the reason I ask is because your your music has a real indie feel to it, but the production quality is fantastic. Thank you. A couple of my favorite songs. I, I like uh, "Shall I Love." That's fantastic. Um, that kind of has an emo vibe to me at the end with the shouting back and forth. Yeah, I, I love the, the negative. Uh, but I think one of my favorites is Washington That's Moon. Cool. I love Washington Moon. That, that song, it, it, the way you sing it is absolutely beautiful. So uh, that's been on my rotation constantly 
since uh, since I found out that I'd, I'd had the chance to to speak with you and, and started doing my research. Awesome. So, oh yeah, I'm, I've become a, a really big fan. So I, I, I'm enjoying your music and I'm uh, letting everybody know that I'm having you on the show. So I've been trying to spread the word for you too and and get get you some more listens and 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 all. But and I don't know if you can hear my dog is going nuts right now. I I think dinner has arrived. <laughs> my wife ordered out tonight because. She's not, the dog's like, Arr. yeah, he's he's going crazy. It's the delivery guy showed up. <laughs> so, and then the great thing is, I can edit all this nonsense out if because I can't tell if he's bleeding into my track or not. I can oh, hear him. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you can hear him, but I can hear him. I can't. Okay, good. But maybe you, maybe you can. You're recording it. Maybe the, it's a pyre or something. <laughs> so, all right. So back back to your music. Uh, when you're recording, do you have a, a band? That you recorded because Glow Lamp is more is basically just you. So is yeah. there is there a standing band that you use? You know the same players all the time, or are you using different players? And how does that work when you play out and and, and tour? Yeah, I did, usually I play by myself out, and on the recording it's just different people sometimes, or it's me playing different instruments. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you've got you. You're pretty multi-talented then if, if you're if you're playing all all kinds of. Uh, cause you, I feel like the synth and the keys and like the guitar are on it, but like if somebody needs to play like the drums, I mean I played the tambourine on the whole album of Romantic Cancer. On any album, I'll play the tambourine, but on Romantic Cancer, there's not much drums because I didn't want it to be because I didn't want somebody on it. Sometimes I want to control because people feel like they like are entitled to my music, and it's like I just wanted to make an album that was like how it's like when you see me live, which is just me and the guitar, me and the keyboard. Okay. So Romantic Cancer, it's kind of stripped down in the sense compared to the Orange Glow, which the Orange Glow has Washington Moon on it. Chad's mm-hmm. production. But I did play multiple things on that song. Now, that song is like somebody played the drums. Now it is, so the next album, I wanted it more like when it actually sounds like live. Okay. That's what Romantic, so, so that one only had like me on it. Um, the trombone by Morgan Evans and the accordion by James Felice, the Felice brothers from that album. And then that's about it. Like we have the romantic cancer. I play everything on there. So when you go in to record that, are the specifically, I guess, romantic cancer, are the songs fleshed out in advance or are you just going in with ideas and seeing what you can do, what magic you can come up with in the studio? Yeah. For that, some of those songs I had idea, like thought out, you know, like I recorded a demo before and I'd listened to it. Some of those songs were like two years old. It's like they were ready. They were like, I know what I wanted. And it was really easy to record them for me. First recording me was like cool. Like, cause I just like, I recorded so many songs. Like I didn't even put them all on there. Oh, and, wow. Well, he, cause he was used to having all these overdubs and stuff, which is cool. But it's like, I feel like I wanted to make something more minimalistic. Like a lot of things are so overly like have effects everywhere. I don't know. I just thought this album I mean, for my discography. I thought it'd be good to have an album like this that wasn't just full of like bass and drums on every track because everyone thinks it needs to be on it. Right, and more we'll stripped down. Sometimes Glow Lamp's just me and the guitar singing a song sometimes. Oh yes, yeah, so, so it's more of a. It's not every album needs to be that way, but you know, right. one album is good to have in there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more of a of a stripped down like what somebody would experience it when they go to see you perform live. Yeah, but I still like to experiment. Like I'm not saying that's all I want to make. It's right. that 
I, I and the listener for me when I listen to artists, I always wish they had an album that was more stripped out with some of my favorite artists who have a lot of trippy stuff. And I know they're good songwriters. Like I wish they had an acoustic album or something. So I was just like, I should have one like that. Oh, see, see, in the '90s, it, they did that with all the. They did. They just did it with the Unplugged series on MTV. Yeah, exactly. And everybody seemed to have one of those. Right, so, and now it's like, <laughs> now it's like, should anybody even do that? I yeah, you, you think about bands that are popular now, and I don't know that they could do an Unplugged album with all the el- electronics on it. I saw I saw the Miley Cyrus one on MTV. Oh wow! It was, was kind of good. I was surprised. I was like, whoa! I didn't even realize she had one. That was a while ago. This was like five years ago. Oh my gosh! Now I didn't even know they did it at that point. I, yeah, I thought that was over and done with fifteen years ago. So, yeah, is there a theme that runs through romantic cancer? Yeah, like somebody who is like afraid of love or like sees love as a cancer that can't like they don't want to catch it. Like it's like a disease. Okay, so okay, and that was a thing maybe by. Too, but maybe my Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift fandom, huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Is that something you want to? You're okay letting out, letting everybody know about? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> so at at what point? Did, they know. Okay. <laughs> so now you move. At, <laughs> they know and they're annoyed. They're just like, please do sixties covers. <laughs> Let's go back just a little bit. Now, you you, uh, you you grew up in the L.A. area, the Orange County area, and you, you moved up to Olympia, Washington. Why did you choose Olympia, and, and what drew you up there? I went up there because I wanted to get away from where I grew up and also read about it, and I was obsessed with Nirvana. Okay. Because uh, I like Bikini Hill, and they were from there. Right. Funny because the lead singer has blocked me now on Twitter, but that's why I moved to Olympia. <laughs> I found out she went to So it's like I went there and I lived there and started a band. I was at oh, Kate Records and Kill Rockstars. I knew they were there. She, two labels are like. And then I ended up being an intern at oh, wow. uh, Kate Records. Wow, um, man. When I first moved there. So that was cool. And it helped me, like, because I started a band once I moved there, and it was really, like, formative of Globe Lamp to move to Olympia, like, because I started, I had a band, Meow In. I was, like, Meow In. Oh, okay. That was, that was my punk, a punk band I was in, and I was, like, the first real, like, band I was in. Well, that's clever. I like yeah, that. Yeah, we were pretty <laughs> awesome. Are you still in... Meow in- <laughs> Are you still up there, or have you moved back down to, to L.A.? Or I'm in upstate New York. You're in upstate New York. Ah, oh, man. All right, so how did you get there? Well, I recorded here the one album and decided to stay chill here. Oh, nice. And travel and make some more stuff here, yeah. I, I spent uh, three years in Rochester, so I'm familiar with upstate New York. It's cold. Oh, really? I'm in Kingston. Okay. Okay. I know approximately yeah, where that is. Yeah. Oh man, that's like snow eight months out of the year in Rochester. It was it was awful. It did. Yeah, there's snow on the ground eight literally eight months of the year up there. It, it was. Whoa! How high is it up? It's right off of Lake Erie. Okay. It, it's right by. It's it's like an hour 
I think east of Buffalo, like uh-huh. due east. It was. That's why, yeah. Yeah, it was. I went up there for photography, so it was. You know, Kodak is, wow, is up is there. Really pretty. No, no, it's it's no. it's actually the most gray place on the planet. It's cold oh. and wet and gray, and it's it's springtime, summer, nice. After that, forget it. It's overcast all the time, and it's crazy. Olympia, too, kinda. Yeah, yeah. From from what I hear, it's it's yeah, it's similar to to. But Olympia is very bright, vibrant forest all year long. Now, now, now I kind of mixed up. Well, I, I heard that that you also are an artist in other senses. What kind of art forms are you into now besides just music? Um, drawing and collage. Is that something that you release at all, or you you let in the public see, or is that just for you? Usually just for me, or I use it, like, sometimes in stuff that I make or put out, but um, sometimes I show people, like, I'm a patron. A patron? Oh, yeah. That is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I put stuff on there that's, like, my journals and stuff, like, scan them, make sure random artwork. Um, but sometimes I do put stuff on Tumblr. Okay. But I put some of this stuff on my patient too because I feel like I need to like give them something that is different and or more intimate. Like I have so many journals from years of my life, you know, and I'll that's how I've written my songs. Like looking through my journals. Oh wow. I'm just sewing sewing stuff together basically because like I said, I wanted to be a writer when I was in high school, like I was really obsessed with uh creative writing. I don't know what the hell I'm even writing about. But that happens, like, sometimes I read some of the shit I wrote, and I'm, like, surprised. I'm, like, man, I'm, like, how should I read this stuff? I'm, just, like, I definitely went down and into I'll be, like, did I really write this? Like, it's, like, I know it sounds dumb, but it's, like, shit. Like, I was, like, I'm glad I wrote a lot then, but so much to use. Like, there's a lot of, I think that I'm more of, like, I like doing artwork with my hands, but my, you know what, my wrist always hurts, so it kind of sucks limiting my, like, ability to want to make painting or... Oh, wow. That type of art, because my wrist hurts already from playing guitar. Uh, like, it's, it's very shitty, my right wrist. So whenever uh, I do, like, a lot of... Sometimes I like showing random patches on stuff when I'm making okay. something, like... And my wrist will start hurting, because it's... I don't know, because it's the guitar. Like, you know, it's like... And sometimes I have to sleep at night with the wristband on, like a wrist guard. Right, right. Man. Yeah, so it's like, I've been, yeah, it's it's very shitty, and I don't want it to get worse. I get older, so I'm trying to take like good care of it now. Yeah, yeah, you better, because that, that can come back to haunt you. Right? I know. And I don't want that, because definitely want more music coming from you in the future. Yeah. I know I have... Sp- taking up a lot of your time tonight and I really do appreciate your time uh, where can everybody find you on social media and where can they pick up your music and any artwork that you want to that you want to uh, release to them um, you can find me on anywhere on social media and on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter is Globe Lamp or my globelamp.bandcamp.com also on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and I also have covers album on my Bandcamp for free. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, now, I do. I have two of them, two covers albums on there. Oh man, De- well, definitely check it. I've I have don't use Spotify all that much, so I'll have to check that out. I have to get on there and look at look at it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Let me ask you one more question before I 
let you go because uh, you'd mentioned that when we were talking about your potential fathers, that he changed his name a lot. And yeah. now you changed your name to yeah. LeFay. First of all, I want to know what, what was the impetus for the change and how did you settle on LeFay? Um, I don't know. Like somebody, well, I always, in, in high school, I read the Mr. Babylon before I found out the author was like psycho, I guess. <laughs> Years ago, found this out. But it's like, <laughs> this book. Um, and, but I like the myth of it anyway. It's like, in, in it, Morgan Le Fay is like the sister of King Arthur who, Okay. Is always getting viewed as being bad and stuff. And so in the Mist of Avalon, she is like, um, it's told from the perspective of the women and King Arthur and how, like, really she was a, a high priestess. It was like, so the Mist of Avalon talks about, like, how Christianity came and wiped out all the pagan religions. And so Lefay means a fairy. And one of my friends when I was younger used to call me Lizzie Lefay. And so I thought that was cute. And then I, when I read Morgan Lefay, when I read that book, I like always relate. I liked her. She was like short. I'm small and short. So that she's not cute. Morgan Le Fay was like misunderstood. And like uh, in the beginning of King Arthur, it says that quote, or in the beginning of Savlon, it's like from a quote from King Arthur. It's like Morgan Le Fay was sent to a nunnery where she became a great sorceress of magic. Um, I just thought it was a cool name, Le Fay. And um, the fairy, I've always liked fairies. Story most too, but you know what's oh, interesting yeah. is that when I looked up later on, I read this book that I don't know. I took Brienne and I got the book called Triad. It's like a book that inspired Stevie Nicks to write Brienne. And, oh, okay. okay, some weird book. It's like some weird supernatural satanic book. It's like yeah, it's weird, but it's like in it the character names Brienne, and then in it I found out well through reading it. You know, I already made up Elizabeth Lafay and had, like, my archetype thing. But then it's, like, sh- I found out that, like, Rhiannon is, like, kind of the same archetype as Morgan Lafay. Like, you know, because sometimes mythology has different um, oh. forms. Like, they're both, like, the dark kind of aspect of, like, goddess. It's weird because reading that book that I found out about through Stevie Nicks is, like, I found out that, that Morgan Lafay is kind of, like, similar to Rhiannon. Like, you know, the Flea Back song. Right. Like, Rhiannon's based off the like, the Welsh witch. So... Okay. Yeah, I'm into like mythology and stuff. So I don't know. I just like that name of the fairy. That's but not the fairy. The fairy, you know, it's like right, more like... right. <laughs> well, that I mean, that makes me. You know, if if you call yourself Elizabeth the fairy, you know, does that yeah, that's quite... a little bit. When people will get like mad at me or something, you know. Yeah, exactly. You're either gonna get in trouble or people are just gonna like what? What the hell is this? So that's probably a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, man. It, it was a lot of fun talking with you. You too. What is your philosophy? Is it to kill all divinity? She is a sorceress of It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 